Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Good morning, everybody. I'm excited to see you all here, online church. Thank you for joining in. Uh, it's okay with you. I want to start out with a couple of yay gods this morning. Is that all right? First off, let's get hear yay God for those five young women that got baptized this morning. Amen? And secondly, as PT said, let's pray for my voice. As he also said, I work in a prison, so obviously I do a lot of yelling because it's adult daycare. Um, so out of nowhere, Thursday night, lost my voice. Went from normal to either text my wife to speak to her because I couldn't say anything. But luckily through prayers and the grace of God, I'm here with somewhat of a voice to um, deliver what he has put in my heart for this teaching. So jumping into story time with this parable, how many transplants do we have here this morning? I mean, outside of Florida, moved down here at some point. All right, yeah, me too. Uh, I came from Pennsylvania um, where, okay, give it up. You don't have to be ashamed of Pennsylvania. Um, up there, weeds weren't really that big of a thing. If you saw someone with a garden or any type of landscaping done, they had a fence up because our main weed was white-tailed deer. No matter how big the fence up, they jumped it, they got in there, your flowers were gone. Um, moving to Florida, now I have this front garden that was put in by the, the home builders. Um, and if I don't weed that weekly, it's like I'm in Vietnam or something, I'm coming on machete and I'm chopping stuff down. So the parable I want to go over this morning is the parable of the wheat and the tares, or the parable and the weeds. And if you want to follow along, it's Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. I'm going to read out the uh, NLT version. <clears throat> So here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted the good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them in the bundles, and burn them, and put the wheat in the barn. So a couple definitions. What is a weed? And for those of you that thought of something else um, that may be legal here now, we still have the tub open if you want to come down and hop in the water. So here's a definition I found for a weed. A wild plant growing where it is not wanted and in competition with cultivated plants. Another one, a plant out of place and not intentionally sown. A plant whose values have not yet been discovered. Or think of it this way. What about a sinner or one of your friends or family that has not found Jesus Christ or heard the word of God? So what are your weeds? In your day-to-day life, what are something that you struggle with? You may have been baptized or follow Christ, but we live on this heavenly earth. It's something we struggle with every day. Maybe overeating. It may be, as P.T. brought up earlier, social media. Are you using that for good, or are you on there just 
easily typing out your feelings of anger, guilt, or shame towards other people instead of being in that light, in that darkness, and bringing people to Jesus Christ. Another um, definition we can go over is a cultivated plant. So what is that wheat, or what is a cultivated plant? A cultivated plant are crops such as grains, vegetables, fruits, agricultural products harvested by people for human or animal consumption as food. Something taken care of until they are ready to be harvested. So how are you cultivating yourself? There's a few ways that we can do that. Obviously one is every morning, sit down, have your internal time with Jesus Christ, reading the Bible, using the word. Another way is they do it here on the church. If you go to their events page, you scroll to the bottom, they have um, Bible plans through version. So you could hop on by yourself. If you go in there, there's plans you could do it by yourself or you could do it as a group of the church. You can find a mentor, someone in the, uh, in the church, in the community you look up to that has the same uh, like-minded goals as you. You want to surround your people with like-minded goals. If they don't have the same goals as you, why are you wasting your time? Because you're going to be fighting those weeds every time you run them. Yes. One way we do that here, well, it's throughout the year is life groups. Yeah. Get yourself involved in a life group. It's, if you find a great life group that you're um, really messing with, you're building relationships with, it doesn't matter if they're putting on a life group here or not, you guys are probably going to get together weekly and still go over the sermon or do some sort of um, Bible study together. I also want to define cultivate. The verb cultivate means to improve or train someone or something. So all those reasons or ways that we can cultivate ourselves, I just went over, is what you want to do. Doing those daily is going to improve your spirit, improve your relationship with Jesus Christ, and therefore you're going to put that on out into the community, and you're going to bring more people to the kingdom just by you being you having faith and following Jesus Christ. If you're like me, someone that came from that darkness, came from a sinner's world, they're going to see that change in you. And they're going to wonder what happened. And you could sit there and say, hey, this is what happened to me when I was in those weeds. Here's how I cultivated my wheat. Here's how I cultivated my plant. And this is how I got to where I'm at. So you just spread that news out into the community. And the great thing about this parable, if you move further down in the Matthew chapter 13, there's another few verses of scripture that goes over and explains um, this parable a little more in detail. So Matthew 13, verses 37 through 39. Once again, I'm in the NLT, so it says, Jesus replied, the son of man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The feed, the, excuse me, the field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Now, if you read a little bit further, it's going to go into gnashing teeth and burning and all kinds of more dark stuff that they're going to do with it, but we won't get into that. So think of it this way. You yourself are the farmer. Your life is that field. What type of seed are you sowing? Good. That's good. Right? Luckily, or I should say, 
We are blessed that every day we get to walk out among the weeds. Because one, that'll show you where you came from and where you've been. And more importantly, it gives you a chance to share that good news and try and bring more to the kingdom, more to Jesus Christ. Now, how many people have been to Vegas or Daytona Bike Week? Show of hands, anybody? All right. I'm not saying be like those people that have the microphones and all the signs calling you a sinner when you walk by. And, how many, and like in, um, what was it, Game of Thrones. When they have Xerxes walking down, they're all saying shame and throwing stuff on her. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying as we have those invite cards out there, anytime it pops up where you're able to tell your story, your testimony, go ahead and do that. Because if they don't to talk to you about it, there may be someone else they're more comfortable to talk to with it. And one thing I want to show you that I found stumbling across, I was preparing for this message, and actually just happened to me um, yesterday. I myself I was like, I'm not a big farmer type person. I know what weeds look like, but I don't know exactly what they are. So if we could, I think I have an image if we want to show up here at Quiet's. A amazing thing that God and Jesus Christ are the ones that decide at the end of the world and not us. Because if you look at this image that's up on the screen, on your left, and before it is ripe, that is a picture of wheat. And on the right, is a picture of the tares. I don't know about you, but I can't tell the difference. So luckily, at the end of the world, it's up to God to judge our hearts and our actions and our life, not us. It's one thing that we need to work on. I know me personally as well, is not judging what I see in front of me. Not judging on social media by that one second post or 30 second video and I'm judging their entire life and saying, why are they doing this? And I type out that angry post, and then luckily I delete it, because then it just sends you down a rabbit hole more. Um, so yeah, so what, what types of seeds are you sowing in your life? I just wanna encourage you, if you're not earning a life group, next time we have signups, definitely do that. If you have a group of people here that you've built a relationship with, reach out to them and say, hey, Let's do something, let's do a Bible plan. Let's get together once a week, or even bi-weekly, let's have dinner and go over the sermon. Let's do a Bible study together. Like I said, every day we are blessed to go out in this world full of weeds and we get to be that cultivated plant. We get to be that flower, if you will, that light in the darkness. So let it shine. And if you're one of those persons that's struggling right now, think you're in the darkness, think you're buried, don't quit. Don't give up. Because what if you're not buried and you've just been planted? Just keep listening. He'll speak to you. If you heard my testimony before, I used to come here and not pay attention. At that time I was planted, I didn't know that. It was just one of those things where at the time my wife made me come. We won't go into the details of it, but I had to come. Um, and I just sat there and I'd listen, but it wasn't really setting home. And then as PT and guest speakers and other pastors here just came up and taught their sermons, I didn't realize I was planted and they're just pouring water on. Every Sunday they're just pouring water. So, like I said, just don't give up. Keep coming, keep seeking help, keep studying. As it says in Ephesians, um, 6, 10, 
Every day, we need to do this. It says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. And here I am standing firm. Two, two days ago, no voice. I'm not 100%, but I'm here. So keep fighting. Don't give up. I just want to pray for y'all. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for every blessing that you've put in us. We thank you for planting us. We pray for the weeds that you put around us so we can may, maybe one day bring them back to you. And if those that are here, those that are in line, if they're struggling right now, Lord, I just pray you just weigh over them. Your spirit just comforts them like a blanket, just lets them know it's going to be okay. I'm here. I'm next to you. And all you got to do is just come. All you got to do is just lay your burdens at my feet and I will take care of the rest. Yes. Lord, we thank you. In your son's name, we pray. Well, we are so glad that you're here today. I just want to pray. You know, there's nothing wrong with prayer. I know we've prayed already, but one more time. How about it? Thank you, Father, that your word will not return void, that everything that we speak today about your word that sinks deep into our hearts will change us from the inside out, that we would be more and more like you, and that uh, we would be able to be salt and light, share the things in our life, but also be aware of what people need in their life, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Wow, uh, Jimmy, so good. So, so good. And last week, I mean, come on. Any, anyway, today, you know, I want to talk about Jesus came to this earth for, for many reasons. One was to pay the price for our sin, right? God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die for us so that we could have eternal life. So he did that, but he did other things. He paid that price, like I said, and he brought a better way. Well, what do you mean? Well, they lived, the people lived by whatever they wanted to live by, or the, the Jews lived by the law. But Jesus was like, I'm going to bring a better way. I'm going to shake things up. Remember Jesus, the revolutionary? What does that mean? Shake things up. And he wanted to teach his followers a new way of living, a new way of living. So he was a master storyteller. Master storyteller. He used parables, stories, to bring home a point because he felt like people could understand. Now, in the beginning, he told some parables that people didn't understand, and later he had to explain it. But overall, the parables were so that, you know, when he was talking to fishermen, he would talk about fish so they could understand what he was talking about. So he, being a master storyteller, those things made sense to the listeners so they could understand it. So in this series that we're, we just started a couple weeks ago, Parables, the first week, Pastor Terry did the great invitation. Man, that was so good. I hope that that sunk in your hearts and, you know, you would grab some of those invite cards and like Jimmy said, invite people. There are hurting people in this world that need Jesus. They don't even know they need Jesus, but they need Jesus, right? Think about where you were and where you came from and how much you needed him. 
Then we talked about uh, Simone did an amazing job on talents, the talents, wow, last week. And then Pastor Terry finished that up with the friend at midnight, uh, never giving up and, and you know, watching God work. If you missed any of those, you can go to our website, to the archives, and watch all of those and catch up because they were all amazing. And we talked about bad prayers last week. Pastor Terry talked about bad prayers. How many people have been praying some bad prayers this week? Right? Bold, audacious, daring prayers. Well, we want to hear your reports, your praise reports, because what's the point of praying if you don't feel like God is going to answer? Now, sometimes the timing is a little different, right? It's going to take some time. But if you have a praise report, then I would love for you to go to our prayer and praise group on Facebook. You join that, and then you can put all your info in there, what God did, you prayed this bad prayer, and what happened, and then maybe you have a prayer request. You, you know, you don't jump in and then leave, you're going to participate in the group. So I want to do a poll real quick. How many people, you online too, you could raise your hand, want to be known as foolish? Wait a minute, let me check. Oh, foolish, she thinks I'm going somewhere, but I'm not going that way. So really nobody wants to be foolish, but who by a show of hands wants to be wise? Anybody? I hope you're raising your hand. You want to be wise. So I want to set the scene for you. So Jesus has been here now on earth for 30 some years. He starts his public ministry, right? He doesn't start anything till he gets baptized. He called his disciples. Um, he fasted. He was tempted by Satan. His name started getting known people started being healed they started thinking who is this guy and so when he would speak they would want to listen so in Matthew chapter 5 um, it's what's known as the Sermon on the Mount which is very interesting because different scholars will say it was one long, days full, continuous teaching. Others say, no, it was pieces and parts of here together, there together. But the coolest thing is, who has a red-letter Bible? If you look at chapters 5, 6, and 7, all red, all red letters, meaning what? The words of Jesus. The words of Jesus. So the cool thing is, Jesus went to really go and teach his disciples. But he noticed the crowds were gathering, and he wanted them to hear. They were filled with followers and unbelievers, people that didn't really know, but they wanted to hear what he had to say. So the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, all in red, ends with this. Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Sky Bible your own Bible, or just listen. Therefore, everyone who hears these words, what words? The words from chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. Days of stuff. Anyone who hear, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on what? The rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as teachers of the law. Authority. They knew that he was God when he spoke. They heard this is the word of God. You know, some of the things that he covered uh, were hard to hear. Some of them, you know, were, he, he started out with the Beatitudes, blessed are you, and he listed all the things that would make you blessed. He talked about being salt and light. He talked about uh, murder, adultery, divorce, an eye for an eye, love your enemies, give to the needy, and on and on it went. Words to live by. So he said, everyone who hears these words and obeys them, what? Is going to stand. When the winds come and the storms come, you will not fall over. So genuine trust produces genuine obedience. God doesn't want you to just go, well, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did this, I read my Bible, I did that. The, the list that Jimmy gave us, amazing. But what's your heart? Is your heart in it? Or are you just going, yep, yep, yep. Genuine trust produces obedience. Think about that for a moment. When you trust God, you obey him. You may not understand it but you go with it. They didn't agree with everything he said because they didn't live their lives that way. So you have to trust and obey. But you know what? Obedience with an attitude is disobedience. Meaning what? Well, you say to your kids, hey, I want you to clean your room. I just cleaned it. Yeah, but have you seen it? Yeah, but I, I but I'm, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, they're kicking the stuff under the bed. Is that obedience? Even if the room got cleaned, no. That's disobedience because the attitude was poopy. So listen, don't wait till you feel right to do right. That's tweetable. We don't really tweet anymore. But anyway, you can put that on your Facebook or Instagram. Don't wait till you feel right to do right. Some people just want to have everything all perfect and all ready and then, okay, I'll do, okay, yeah, now I'll do right. But God, Jesus wasn't bringing more laws. He was bringing freedom. He was saying, listen, if you live your life this way, then you're going to be wise. He's looking for transformed hearts. Has your heart been transformed? Are you holding on tightly to the way that you used to do things or the way you thought you were supposed to do things? He wants transformed hearts and devoted lives. Do a little self-examination of where you are in your life and ask yourself, has my heart been transformed and am I living a devoted life to Jesus? So he said, you're going to be wise if you hear and obey and then when the winds come and the storms come, you're good. You're going to be good because you're on the rock. You're on a solid foundation. But then he said, if you are foolish, you're going to be foolish if you hear it and you ignore it. You hear it, but you don't do anything with it. Parents, back to you. 
Did you ever say something to your kid about, I want you to do it this way? And then they either don't do it, which is disobedience, they do it with an attitude, which is disobedience, or they do it a different way. And you're like, hello, I told you, I wanted you to do it this way. You know what happens. They usually ignore. So foolish means you're trusting in something other than Jesus. You're trusting in yourself, you're trusting in your money, you're trusting in your job, you're trusting in somebody else for your whatever it is. You're not trusting in Jesus. Remember the little the story about the three pigs, the three little pigs that built the house? You know, I was thinking about that and I was like, hmm, okay, sticks, no, straw, sticks, and brick. And then the wolf came and he huffed and he bluffed and he, not bluffed, he he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house down and the first one fell and the second one fell but the third one was solid it didn't fall because it was made of bricks and I thought but you know what no no that person built their own self with the bricks it looked good but what was the foundation like they didn't talk about the foundation in that little uh, nursery rhyme so no matter how good it looks on the outside wheat and tares right if you're not on a solid foundation you are foolish. So you have to plan how you're going to build your life. What are you going to do? Mike Tyson, the great theological mind of Mike Tyson, was asked about his opponent's plan. What do you think about your opponent's plan to defend against your left hook? You know what he said? Yeah, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the face. <laughs> Is your plan effective? That's what I want to know. Is your plan effective. Both houses are going to be tested. So the strong foundation doesn't mean that you're not going to be tested. The strong foundation means when you are tested, when the winds blow, when the storms come, you will not be shaken. So the foundation has nothing to do with what's going to come or not come. But I built a strong foundation. I know the word. I'm, I'm reciting the word. I'm praying. I'm this. My foundation is strong. How come I have these storms? Well, Jesus told us we were going to have trouble. He said it's going to come. But are you on the, the strong foundation? Only the house on the rock is going to endure. And Jesus is the rock. Are there cracks in your foundation? Sometimes we build a foundation and it looks real good and then it starts cracking and then before you know it, if you don't take care of that, it's going to fall apart. Self-examination, same thing that Jimmy was saying, that we're saying, check it out and make sure that it's solid. There are two types of people in this world. There are hearers and there are doers. Everybody that gathered around to that three-day, whatever it was, festival that Jesus, however long it took him to go through all of that, everybody heard it. Do you think everybody did it? I don't think everybody lived it. That's why he was telling them, those of everyone that hears these words, you will be foolish if you don't do it, and you'll be wise if you do. We are accountable to Jesus' words. You cannot plead ignorance if you've heard his word. Once you've heard his word, you are accountable to that word. We always have a choice. And I say, when you go with God, you can't go wrong. God knows what we need. Amen? Amen. Now, Luke records the same thing in a different uh, way, and I want to read that to you. As my time is winding down, I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation. So you're not going to see it on the screen. Just listen. Luke 6, 46 through 49. 
What good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and Master, if you don't put into practice what I teach you? Let me describe the one who truly follows me and does what I say. He's like a man who chooses the right place to build a house and then lays a deep and secure foundation. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest, for he built it wisely on the right foundation. But the one who has heard my teaching and does not obey it is like a man who builds a house without laying any foundation at all. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it will immediately collapse and become a total loss. Which of these two builders will you be? I'll give you the answer. Be wise. You raised your hand and told me you want to be known as wise. How are you going to be wise? You're going to be wise by taking the words of Jesus and putting them into action. But here's the greatest part of all. As a believer, you don't do that yourself. We have the Holy Spirit to help us. We have the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct us. We have the Holy Spirit to help us speak the words that need to be spoken to encourage somebody. We have the Holy Spirit to shut our mouth when we shouldn't say anything. Rely on Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you to do something. If you don't have a red-letter Bible, then just know that chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew are the words of Jesus. I want to challenge you to read the Sermon on the Mount from the beginning to the end, chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, to listen to what he said, to hear what he said, and then to respond to what he said about being wise. Luke 9:23 says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. I want to challenge you today to kind of get out of that safe zone that you've been in. Some of you have even pat yourself on the back for going to church, but you don't live your life for Jesus. I'm not condemning you. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Would you bow your heads as I pray and close out today? Father, you see your children here in the house. You see those that are submitted to you. You, you see those that have heard your word and are doers of your word. And also, Father, you see those that want to do more that want to hear and do. And so I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking directly to each and every one of us in those areas that need attention. I thank you, Father, that as your follower, you lead, guide, and direct us so that we know which way to go. I thank you for fruit in every person's life. I thank you that they are able to speak life to others around them. And I thank you, Lord, that, that, that the light is so bright that people are attracted to them. Now, if there's anybody here this morning that maybe you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, that you know of, 
I mean, sometimes people just think I've been going to church for my whole life. I'm surely, surely I did it one time or another. No, I want to know for certain. You want to know for certain that you have submitted your life to Jesus. Now, we're not perfect. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. But we all can ask him to help us be more and more like him. So this morning, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus and you would like to do that today, I would love to pray a prayer with you that gives you a secure eternity. Could you raise up your hand and just let me know so that we can pray? Okay, if there's anybody online, you raise up your online hand and we'll send you the information to pray also. But I'm gonna assume that everybody's a believer. Now, maybe you felt a little uncomfortable and you didn't want to raise up your hand. You know what? Pastor Tim is in the back there, and he loves, loves helping you on your journey. We'd love for you to go back there and just connect with him. But I'd love for you to say this prayer after me. Thank you, God, for your word today. Help me to be a good listener and to be able to do the things that you have shown me. I thank you that my life reflects you in everything I say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.